On the Record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk. Now, according to my next guest, Paul Brandis of West Wing Reports, we're entering really uncharted territory in the American judicial and political system. It's fair to say that this week's indictment was significant, not just for Donald Trump, but for democracy as we know it in the US. Paul, you're very welcome to um, News Talk. Thank you for joining us this morning. My pleasure. How are you? I'm not too bad. But you've had an interesting week over there. Obviously, this most recent indictment, we're on number three now. Um, Just to get your view of these indictments are actually becoming normalised in any way in the news cycle over there. Or does this one seem to be a little bit different? Because it certainly looks so from this remove. Well, he has now been arrested three times, Mandy, in New York and Florida, now in the most serious case of all here in Washington, D.C., in connection with the insurrection attempt of January the 6th. And a fourth arrest looks likely as well in the state of Georgia for his alleged efforts to overturn the state election there. There are now dozens and dozens of assorted charges against him, dozens. And you have to remember, it only takes conviction on one of those dozens of charges to make him a felon and perhaps send him to prison and perhaps for uh, several years. It's almost like, to your question, sort of a daily routine now. I mean, three arrests just in uh, a couple of months. It's just, uh, I mean, it's never happened in American history, a former president being arrested. And now it's happened three times within the space of a couple of months. It's just uh, it's just stunning. Mm. I was looking at some of the poll results which came out from the New York Times on Friday last. Now, they suggest, as many polls do, that Donald Trump is just untouchable when it comes to becoming the Republican candidate. But can any of these cases, if there is a conviction, um, and assuming he is, which uh, I'm sure he will be, the, the Republican candidate, assuming that he is that, and if there was a conviction, would any of these cases actually stop him running for president? No, the Constitution of our country says is very uh, vague in uh, the requirements needed to run for the presidency. You have to be an American citizen. You have to be at least 35 years of uh, age, just to basic things like that. It does not say if you've been convicted of a crime, you can't do this or you can't do that. It simply doesn't say that. The framers of the Constitution, 200 and Uh, 40 or so years ago, they never uh, contemplated anything like this. So this is sort of beyond even uh, their imagination. What's interesting here is that uh, if he were to be convicted and if he were to go to prison, again, theoretically, I mean, with very murky uh, waters here because we've never been in them, um, but uh, the way it looks, at least, Mandy, he could be president and be in uh, prison, which is, is, is I mean, talk about uh, bizarre. Uh, so everyone is wondering what on earth might happen. Uh, could he, uh, you know, could the members of his cabinet invoke the 25th Amendment and uh, take power away from him and give it to the vice president? I mean, who knows? It's just, uh, again, it's just completely uncharted uh, waters here. The other thing, quickly, is that if he were convicted, 
uh, of any of these uh, crimes, uh, he might not even be able allowed to uh, vote for himself because as a resident of the state of Florida, if you are a felon, you can't even vote for yourself. So he could go to prison, theoretically could be president. He just uh, couldn't uh, vote for himself. It's uh, stunning we're even uh, talking about this stuff. Absolutely. And later on in the show, we're going to be talking about uh, famous uh, TV political dramas and and films. But like, if you were to write this as a Netflix series, I think, you know, it would have lost credibility a long time ago. And it's hard to believe that we're discussing these things now, but we are. I just want yeah. to go back to... Um, uh, Jack Smith and the indictment and the 49 page document, which is very accessible if anybody wanted to read it. It's actually a very simple document. But in that document, um, Paul, he puts forward uh, six co-conspirators who are unnamed. But look, everybody kind of suspects they know who they are. So this time, Donald Trump is not alone in that indictment. But can you just explain to us um why maybe the prosecution is putting in six co-conspirators on this occasion and what they're hoping to achieve by actually not naming them this time. Well, they're casting a wide net and everybody knows who uh, all but one of these uh, alleged co-conspirators are, including uh, Rudy Giuliani. The I think uh, people used to know him as the heroic mayor of New York after the 9-11 attacks and a one-time presidential candidate himself. Boy, talk about a fall from grace. Mm. Uh, he's been uh, Trump's uh, personal attorney now and has just uh, just uh, ruined his reputation by his association with Trump. Another one is a woman named uh, Sidney Powell, who's just been, uh, no one heard of her you know, two years ago. And she came out and uh, put forth these, I mean, let's be honest, these crazy theories about how, uh, you know, election, the computers uh, tabulating ballots were uh, rigged by uh, Hugo Chavez in Venezuela. Of course, Chavez has been dead for some time, but why let that get in the way of her argument? Really just bizarre stuff. And I think what the prosecutors are doing in casting a wide net is uh, simply showing, uh, one, how widespread and deep this plot a run, how polluted it is, how everyone close to Trump has ruined their own reputation by their association uh, with him. And also they've been dragged into it simply because the paper trail, the evidence, the mm. phone calls, the texts, the email messages, on and on and on. It's just so extensive. They're just uh, glued to each other. So it would be impossible, frankly, uh, not to uh, bring them into the case as well. Yeah, and I think when you do read that document and you see the evidence that they're putting forward, um, it is just kind of stunning. That, that, that it is. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely stunning. Just uh, want to touch on briefly, Paul, if I can, the reaction to the indictment from Donald Trump himself. You mentioned Giuliani there. He <laughs> he put out a quite a, an extraordinary video rant about his reaction. But what, what has Donald Trump's reaction been since the indictment has taken place? Well, his reaction to these things is always the same, of course. Uh, he's he's never done anything wrong. He's as innocent as a spring lamb. And, of course, everyone uh, around him who is uh, proceeding with these charges, uh, they're uh, crazy and uh, just, uh, you know, they're just uh, nuts and they're uh, anti-American and they're out to get him. I mean, it's the same script uh, every single time. I mean, Jack Smith the uh, federal prosecutor uh, in this case is really a by-the-books, 
law and order man. He's moving very carefully by all appearances to cross every T and dot every I. He understands that the stakes could not be higher, so he is moving uh, very carefully. I think in kind of a read anecdotally from people who are uh, close to Trump that for all of the public bravado, he shows Mandy and saying, "Oh, he's just—he's uh, nuts. He's out to get me. He's a—you know—he's a, a traitor to America. All this uh, stuff." That uh, deep down, privately, Trump is a uh, very worried about this. He would never admit that publicly, but that—that mm. uh, that appears to be the case. But as as we said at the outset, this is a very important um, nexus point for the judicial and political system in America because. These cases so far, all that they have done um, is to increase Donald Bass's, Donald Bass, Donald Trump's uh, support base and have actually helped him raise more money. So um, it's a difficult one for the judiciary, isn't it? Because you can't untangle the political and the judicial side of this um, of this, this series of cases, really. Well, you really can't. I mean, to, you know, the whole Trump strategy here, not just these cases, but over the course of his life, when faced with the legal actions, been to, you know, deny and delay and uh, all that kind of thing. Uh, that's not going to happen now. These cases are going to proceed in parallel with this presidential campaign, which is now starting to heat up. The first debate is later this month. In fact, you know what's stunning here? Uh, you made a really good point that the fundraising he has gotten uh, has ramped up after each of these uh, arrests. Uh, millions of dollars come in from his supporters. Uh, what they don't seem to understand is that this money is, you know, he's just funneling it over to his you know, lawyers. He's using it to defend himself. And uh, But the, the new data that shows actually that uh, he should he should have some financial concerns now because the the money coming in appears to be you know, the, the pace of it appears to be maybe slowing a little bit. Uh, there's talk that he might have to, God forbid, dig into his own pockets to pay his uh, lawyers and all that kind of thing. But uh, we'll we'll see. But uh, so well, far, the money has, has come in pretty Yeah, pretty he's certainly not having to spend any money on publicity because he's generating all of that for himself. And I could talk to you about this for another hour, but I'm afraid time is against us. Uh, that was Paul Brandis, West Wing Reports. Paul, thank you very much for joining us on News Talk today. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC, a dedicated private business team built around you. It all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.